Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of... The Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy Hump Day. Welcome in Wednesday, January 24, 2024. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I'm your host. Gabe Kuhn, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That'd be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 99. Connor, what's the word, brother? What's up, man? How's it going? Well? Going well. well. Going well. Trivia? No trivia? Trivia back to nothing. Okay, yes, there we go, brother. Tonight. See, that's what we have to know on a win. 710, Celtic, same time, same place. 710? Yeah, 710. Okay. I need some time to get over there. Okay, I got you. That's fair. It's understandable. The show till 7. The show till 7 usually. Only till 6 today, though. We will be out a little bit early because we do have Grizzlies at heat tonight. We'll pass you off to Gary Darby at 6 o'clock. Tip will be at 6.30. We have two hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We're going to open on overreaction, not an overreaction. Uh, and we're, we're going to open right there with the Grizzlies at the heat. Um, the heat made a trade for Terry Rozier yesterday that we didn't really get to discuss at length, where does it put them in the East? How should you feel about them? Trade Kyle Lowry in a 2027 first for Terry Rozier, who's having a career year, by the way, if you haven't paid attention. Having a career year. But we'll talk about that as well as Doc Rivers. Sort of being a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'll explain that a little bit more. But Doc Rivers is now the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks after Adrian Griffin got canned. After just 43 games, 30 and 13. Do you know that he, of all the coaches in NBA history that have gotten fired midseason, he had the third best winning percentage of all those coaches? I'll mention the other two. It's kind of interesting what has happened here and uh, the historical significance and precedence of what has happened here. But we'll discuss that off the top. And then I have to talk about last night. We had the Battle of New York and the Battle of L.A. I hope you took my pick at the end of the show. Because the Clippers did get there, minus the 9.5 over the Lakers without LeBron. But the battle in New York brought some things to my attention that I think are very, very valuable as we head to the trade deadline. Um, Not only was it a Knicks home game in the Brooklyn Nets home stadium, home arena, 
But the Brooklyn Nets, something needs to be done. What, like, what is their plan going forward? That's the question I'm going to try to answer or ask at the very least um, as we get to the bottom of this hour. As far as guests are concerned, before we get you out at 6, just Jeff Calkins, Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show trip around the NFL at 5.30. Then we'll have small talk and send you off to Gary Darby with the Grizzlies Radio Network. But um, since we're uh, a little short on time today, let's go ahead and hop right into it. Let's get to overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to Crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Cujo from 92.9. All right, Gabe. Grizzlies at Heat tonight. Looks like Terry Rozier, the Heat's new addition, will be active and good to go. Yesterday, the Heat traded Kyle Lowry in a 2027 first rounder for Rozier. He has averaged 23, 4, and 6 and has two years left on his contract. Terry Rozier puts the Heat on a short list in the East alongside the 76ers, Bucks, and Celtics. Overreaction or not an overreaction? Now, I know what people think um, when, they, when they see this. They're saying, oh, you know, they're, they're in sixth right now. The Heat are in sixth. How, how can you put them alongside those three teams at the top with way better records, um, with seemingly a whole lot more star power, star talent? Um, I'm going to say not an overreaction, though, because ultimately they're way better than they were yesterday. Like, there's no question about it. Terry Rozier so far this year is having a career year. 23 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, like uh, Connor mentioned. And he's 45% from the field, 36% from 3. He immediately can slot in as the point guard alongside guys like Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. And he will be a absolute plus considering what they had before. It was Kyle Lowry. It was Kyle Lowry. He averaged 8 points a game. He's in his 17th season. He's slow. He can't really move the same way. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying Terry Rozier is a plus on the defensive end, but Kyle Lowry. Uh, that, that's sort of what he was known for for a while, and that's no longer the case. I think this Heat team is right there because look at last year. They were seventh in the East, and they made it all the way to the finals with Gabe Vincent and Max Struess alongside those guys. Why can't they do it with Terry Rozier? Eric Spolstra, without question, in my opinion. Uh, since Greg Popovich does not have a lot of talent, and he hasn't been to the playoffs in quite a while. Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. And when it comes to making adjustments on the fly uh, in, in pressure situations in the playoffs, he is second to none. So you, you just combine all these things and add Terry Rozier to that fold. I, I really like what the Heat have going forward. Are they a deep team? No. Are they the most talented team in the NBA? No, but they'll play with edge. They'll play defense. They'll sit down and defend, and that's what you need once you get into playoff Situations Now, what I will say about this trade in general, again, <laughs> it was uh, Terry Rozier they get, and they all, all they give away is Kyle Lowry in a 2027 first. It's another example of the Heat always finding a way and Pat Riley always finding a way to get over on folks. Now, I know the Hornets want to sort of blow it up and start anew and figure different things out, and Terry Rozier doesn't fit into future plans. But at the same time, they gave up next to nothing. To go get Terry Rozier, who's having a career year and has two more years on his contract. This sets them up for a couple years from now. This sets them up for right now. The Heat always seem to get over on other franchises in the NBA, and this is just another example for me. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. The Miami Heat got better yesterday, and I don't disagree with you. I do. I think it puts them at least, you know, a. Around the territory that the Bucks are in, I, have, I do think that the Celtics are a tier ahead of them still. 
but I think that it kind of levels them up to that upper tier of the West or of the East, if you want to talk about that. Um, you mentioned their their place in the standings right now. Last year, they they got through in the play in and they made it all. They the were way. the seventh seed. So. Yeah. Them being a six seed and getting a guy like Terry Rozier, you already saw the reaction of the fan bases in the rest of the East Eastern Conference yesterday. They're all terrified like, that damn. they got Terry Rozier. Boston is convinced that Terry Rozier is going to hit a game winner in Game Seven against them because he's a former Boston Celtic. And the Miami Heat are like zombies for them. They just they will not die. It was a great move by the Miami Heat. They gave up quite literally nothing <laughs> to get him, and I'm excited to see what it looks like. It, it, he's certainly going to help them on the offensive end but to your point he at least has activity on the defensive end of the basketball he's not very good defensively but he's scrappy he was better than Kyle Lowry well here's the thing about Terry Rozier his defensive rating this year I think you told me it's 122 it's 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 awful it's It's awful but I remember his days with the Celtics he's also playing with with the the Hornets I remember his days with the Celtics um, a lot of the times coming off the bench six-man type guy six-man type role he was sort of disruptive at the very least. He could move around. He tried to get into passing lanes, tried to get takeaways, tried to get steals. So maybe he can bring a little bit of that. But the Heat don't care about the defensive side of the ball right now. They don't. They already have Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Right. They feel fine about where they're at defensively. And then they have Eric Spolstra as a head coach. They feel good about their defense. They're one of the few teams in the NBA. I think most teams in the NBA, when they look for trade deadline acquisitions, yeah, unless you're going for a star, uh, that plays a lot of offense. Um, most teams look for defense. 3 and D type guy. Those guys are very wanted at the trade deadline. I mean, we look at like Robert Covington's, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson's, D- DFS, Royce O'Neal. Those guys are wanted at trade in trade deadline talks, in trade deadline situations. The Heat just needed needed more offense to add to this roster, and I think this accomplishes a full full ball. Well, you talked about how you know. The Heat, they lost a couple of guys this offseason. They weren't able to get to get Dame. That was the whole storyline of the offseason for them is that they let guys like Gabe Vincent go. They let guys like Max Drews go because they were under the assumption that they were in prime position to get Damian Lillard. They didn't get him, but out of luck from that, Jaime Jaquez has turned into yep. a real NBA player. Like, he's averaging, I think he averaged like 19 points a game for his last 10 or something like that. He's a real player, and if you want to talk about it, he's probably as good as Max Struess, if not better than he is already. And then when you want to look at the comparison of Gabe Vincent to Terry Rogier, you would take oh, Terry Rogier. So, of if course, you put, the Heat missed out on Damian Lillard and somehow got better. If you put Gabe Vincent and Max Struess into one, I'm still taking Terry Rozier over those two. Let's be honest. And, and, and I think the Heat culture thing continues to carry over. Have you watched? Gabe Vincent hasn't been on the floor, for one. And even when he was on the floor with the Lakers, did not look that good. And Max Struess... This is bad. He's had a bad two months. He's been real bad. He, he, he shot 29%. 29% in December and so far in January, 30% from three. Like, it just, I don't know how the Heat do it. I don't know if it's voodoo. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. But when guys play for them, they maximize their abilities. When they go elsewhere, they do not. Um, and Max Struess, I want to take it easy because maybe he will pick it back up because he was good for the first couple months of the he season. He was. He was. He really was. But it continues to just go down this path of, okay, when you're in a Heat uniform, you are a certifiable star. You show up every single night. And then when you leave, 
no dice. I really do think they it, do. It, but I'll, I'll give the I'll give the Heat this and Pat Riley and Eric Spolster this. They make guys a lot of money elsewhere. Yes, no, for sure. That's what I was about to say. It's the the Heat culture is Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley. The con- the combination of those two basketball minds it it is it creates an environment for you to see what the Miami Heat have been able to do. It's it's kind of remarkable that how many role players they have been able to make huge amounts of money because they just make them look better with their schemes. I mean, Duncan Robinson right now, if he goes somewhere else, I have no idea if he's going to be the same type of player. He's been talked about on the trade deadline. They're saying they're not going to move him. I think it's probably a smart decision to keep him, but it's just it's there is some sort of heat culture. It's a real thing. It's a joke, but at the same time, there's some truth to it. The thing about them, though, and ultimately that's going to keep them out of, I think, being the representative for the Eastern Conference is their their big man depth still needs some help. They're of course. Still, you know, they're starting Caleb Martin at the power forward position. Nikola Jovic is he's fine as a backup, and Kevin Love is fine as a backup. But Bam Adebayo is kind of having to do a whole bunch by himself. So I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to make another move to go get some more big man help. They've got some guys that they could trade. Tyler Hero is still a piece that they could move possibly to go get another big guy. Who knows? It's just they're in prime position now to spoil one of the Eastern Conference finals. Like they did hopes. last year. Yes, absolutely. Like they did last year. Now, um, I do want to parlay this into a uh, Grizzlies conversation because this was a trade yes. before the February 8th trade, day, trade deadline. What are the Grizzlies going to do coming up at the trade deadline? A lot of questions about that. I'll say this right this second. There will be no fireworks. It's just not going to be that way. Uh, there, there's two big things that they need to get done. Um they need to get draft assets, whether it be seconds for some of these wings, whether it be John Contra, Jake LaRavier, Zaire. Um, if Xavier Tillman's on the chopping block as well, get some, get some draft assets for him. Um, and then you could just sort of talk about when you bring in these different assets, what you're going to do this summer as far as trades are concerned. Now, uh, our guy Parker Fleming did put this out there, and Bobby Marks did his annual trade deadline guide, um, which is really good if you have – you know, ESPN Plus, and you can go access it. But these are the three trades that he had the Grizzlies involved in. First one, Xavier Tillman to Cleveland for Damian Jones in two seconds. Okay. Immediate. Fine. That's fine. Getting two seconds, that'd be great. But again, Thank like you. And nothing about this is sexy. Nothing no, about this not gets sexy. anybody riled up or happy. But it allows you to facilitate trades in the future. Exactly. 100%. And that's all you're really aiming for at right. this particular moment. It's just roster consolidation, cutting the fat. That's what you're doing. Um, then there's another one, Xavier Tillman to Denver for a 2026 second. Honestly, being that Xavier Tillman is going to be a restricted free agent, and he's going to be – or unrestricted. He's going to be unrestricted, isn't he? Um, being that he's going to be done after this year and, like, the likelihood of him being re-up seems relatively low at this particular moment, why not? You're just sort of throwing out an asset, getting some type of draft compensation in return. And then here's another one, and this one is very intriguing to me at the very least. I think if this was on the table, which I don't necessarily think it will be on the table – you do it in a heartbeat. You just say yes as soon as the phone call is made. John Conchar to the Celtics for a top 20 protected 2024 first rounder immediately. Like, don't even, don't even ask questions. Don't try to do any type of, um, you know, don't do any back talk. Don't try to, uh, you know, <laughs> try to get more out of it. Just take it. Getting a first for Conchar would be great. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. Even if it's top 20 protected, who cares? It's If you're going to move Xavier Tillman, you have to get a big guy back just to fill in. I guess that they could use the exception, and they still have two-way contracts that they could use to fill in that role for the rest of the year. But 
Um, my hope would be that you at least get somebody back. So that's why the Damian Jones one in two seconds. Absolutely, yeah. I would do that. I'm not sure I would I would move him just for a single second round pick to the to the Nuggets. If if you can get more for him, you go ahead and do that. Sure. But if you can get a first round pick for John Conchar, that's a home run. Yes, that's a home run. And John Conchar, to be quite honest, would help the Celtics. Like he he is the type of guy that is at the end of your bench. That's a very good guy. To See, have and I was thinking about bench. this too. John Conchar, because the Quentin Grimes thing came up last week. That's, right. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies are involved in trying to get Quentin Grimes in a Grizzlies uniform. I'd support that. John Conchar feels like a Tom Thibodeau guy, too. For sure. <laughs> good on the plus minus. Really good defensively. We'll get knockaways. We'll block guys at the rim. He had five the other night. It just feels like a grinder that Tom Thibodeau would love. White boy grinder. That's that's Tom. That's right up his alley. So if you can make something happen, make something shake, and go get Quentin Grimes using John Conchar and maybe a second-round pick, whatever it is, sure, go ahead and do that. Now, uh, you mentioned the exception. The NBA has granted the Grizzlies a $12.4 million disabled player exception for the season-ending injury to John Morant. Um, they'll have until March 11th to use that exception. Um, but I don't – I mean, this is not going to be anything sexy either. No. This is somebody who's going to be on an expiring contract. Yeah. That you're going to have to bring in. It has to be. So, Even if they use it. It's nice to have the option, though. Knowing that they have the option, it's nice to use. And who knows? Maybe somebody throws in, you know, for a Tillman or a Contra, maybe somebody throws in an expiring contract. Let me ask this, though. I mean, depending on if they use it or don't, does that tell you anything about what they feel about this season? Because if they don't use it, they're just basically balking and saying, all right, we're going to wait till next year. I I think think that's where we're at anyway. Yeah. But, like, if they don't use the it. The big thing that I think we are going to learn about the way the front office and the team views itself for next year, if they keep Steven Adams at the deadline, I would be surprised if he got moved in the offseason. Because it might happen at the draft depending on where your pick falls. Like, if the Grizzlies get lucky with the lottery, maybe some things happen with Steven Adams. But I'm starting to lean closer and closer to – with how they have looked when they are even semi-healthy, I, I could see them talking themselves into, and I'm not sure I'd necessarily disagree with it, what this team looks like with Steven Adams and Brandon Clark back and everybody healthy can be very dangerous, especially yep. with now the discovery of Vince Williams Jr. If Luke Kennard's playing like this, man, it, it could get interesting. I'm not saying that they're not going to move Steven Adams this offseason. It's just if they don't move him at the deadline, I'm beginning to lean toward they might just run this thing back healthy and then maybe make changes at next season's deadline depending on how it works because they have shown a scrappiness that is gives you some hope. It gives you some hope for, the, for next year. And like we talked about yesterday, the panic of the wing position isn't nearly as much as it was in that first 25 games. That first 25 right. games, we were like, oh, my God, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. it, felt, it felt very scary. You're saying Zaire's things, David – not very good. Jake LaRavia is an absolute nothing. nothing. Yeah. But Vince Williams Jr. came along. And by the way, have you seen sort of the discussions about Vince Williams Jr.? Uh, now, yesterday we talked about him being a potential starting caliber player, even on a playoff contending Grizzlies team. And uh, we sort of compared him and contrasted to Dylan Brooks. I know Dylan Brooks is way more proven. There's no question about that. But Vince Williams Jr. is a guy who does all the things that we wanted Dylan Brooks to do yeah. when he was in a Grizzlies Yeah, it's like we uniform. said, we found... We he s- would have fit substantially better going into the future if he would have played more like Vince Williams Jr. Yeah. And I see people talking about we, that. We found OG today. and DB at TJ Maxx. <laughs> TJ Maxx. That's, that's our Vince yeah. Williams Jr. We found him at TJ Maxx in the Perfume Mile. It was yes, awesome. Yes, at Aldi. <laughs> we found him at Aldi. Like, I, 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 I see people discussing that. 
Um, what do you? And I'm glad. I'm glad people are there with. Vince I'm Williams curious. Jr. Like, it's just I'm not sure what this team's going to do at the deadline. Um, I don't think they're going to make some big sexy move. No, that, that's absolutely pretty clear. not. That's pretty yeah. clear. It's that's why I just I have my doubts about them moving Stephen Adams right now. If the right deal pops up, sure. I think that that right deal though would have to involve like Jared Allen or maybe <laughs> Wendell Carter. Like those are the two where I'm like, okay, I could talk myself yeah. into into moving him for those two guys. Other than that, there's just not a deal that has presented itself that makes a ton of sense to move off of Stephen Adams yet. The two, the guy that in recent weeks that has popped into my mind is potential trade bait is Santi Aldama. Like, yeah. watching him on the team now, I'm just like, if they're going to move somebody and they want somebody that they can move for value, Santi, Santi feels like the best type of guy right now because you could see other teams looking at him being like, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, he could be. He could be one of the. He's averaging what twelve points per game so far this yeah, year. Yeah, he's having a pretty good season. He's got to stop shooting pull up threes for the love of everything holy. <laughs> stop shooting them. You're shooting eighteen percent on pull ups. Stop. We don't don't want other teams to know that. But stop shooting. Yes, Santi. right. So it's it's him and and Luke. Those those are the two guys that I think that they might dangle out there and see what they could get. I would like to keep Luke, but if they move, listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in in a few minutes. (laughs) Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Santi, I'd be okay with it. But if it's outside of those bigs you're talking about, I just I I fear that we'd come back in here after a move outside of those bigs that that seems sort of bigger in stature. I feel like we'd come in here and talk about it being reactionary, and you don't want to be that. Right. You do not want to be reactionary. Right. Now, I, I, it would be really nice if you could move Conchar and Toman for some picks, and then maybe Zaire and Laravia. For, for Quentin Grimes, thumbs up. That's a really good deadline. I would be health, happy with that. It seems like that they're just going to consolidate, figure out some depth piece, but nothing too major yet. I think that that's gonna, they're going to wait to see where that draft pick falls, and then they're going to make a decision. It's just, I just, for some reason, I'm starting to get the sense that they're leaning to, to running it back, cutting the fat, and seeing what they have next year. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Now, the Grizzlies tonight are 10.5-point dogs um, because Luke Kennard's questionable. Santi's going to be out. <laughs> Injury luck. Uh, tell me if you've heard that before. Now, uh, uh, let's get to our next thing here where uh, CNN Sports was the uh, was the first to it. CNN Sports was the first to it. Doc Rivers officially hired by the Bucks. 
comes just the day after they announced the firing of Adrian Griffin after a 30-13 and 13 start. The Bucks made a sound decision, overreaction or not an overreaction. Um, overreaction? Um, but I do want to start, and I'll explain why I don't think it's a fully sound decision. Um, it has to do with Doc Rivers as a coach just in general. Um, but the CNN sports stuff was hilarious. Yet inside the NBA basically attributing the Doc Rivers hiring to CNN Sports. When was the last time CNN Sports got to Didn't something? Didn't even know it was a thing. I did get a kick out of all of the NBA insiders, Chris Haynes, Woj, Shams, all saying, oh, no, this is no. not confirmed. I can't no. confirm it. And then in the morning, as soon as the morning <laughs> hit, they're like, yeah, I can confirm that they have finalized the deal. Doc Rivers is now the Bucks. Woj put out a hit on whoever CNN Sports <laughs> is. Who, is, who is it, though, for real? I have no idea, but they're going to find I, him in Atlanta When was the last time CNN Sports ever, ever reported on something like this? Or ever, I mean, it was probably the 90s when CNN did, I mean, they did like, um, they had a couple of sports anchors at CNN, but they've gotten away from that. I didn't even know CNN Sports existed. I didn't either. <laughs> so, But they got it right. I'll give them that. Sure, yeah. They, they ended up getting it correct and just watching all of the insiders just, you know, grasp for straws last night was hilarious. It was hilarious. Now, uh, um, as far as why I think this is not a sound decision, um, Doc Rivers getting the job. I want to say first, Doc Rivers, well-respected, and he's got a lot of experience. Now, I want to ask this question. Has anyone, any one coach in NBA history, ever survived this long on the strength of one championship with a modern-day super team? 2008 with the Celtics has allowed him to get all these high-paying jobs with superstars. Now it's Dame and Giannis. Has there been a coach in NBA history that's been able to ride this one championship this long? And it was one championship that you either won or we were going to question everything about you as an NBA head coach. He had to win that. There was nobody else who you, who, who you could imagine winning that year once the Celtics put together KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and they had Rajon Rondo. Like, there was no one else that could win that. That's the one thing I have to say about Doc and his stature within the NBA. It just is kind of amazing to me that that one championship, he has parlayed into job after job after job, good job after good job after good job, and he's never gotten through. Now, I'll say this. If he doesn't get through with this team, with Dame and with Giannis, and he doesn't make them, like, that whole thing work. If he doesn't stay on the right page with Dame and with Giannis, this could be his last opportunity. It's a championship team with two Hall of Famers. Now, his first order of business is going to be fix the defense. Last year, their defensive efficiency was fourth. They went to 22nd this year. I don't know how he improves that ultimately. Trade for Drew Holiday. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, like, I get a kick out of the fact that it seems like the Bucks front office went and traded away Drew Holiday, one of the best two-way wings or two-way point guards in the NBA, went and got one of the best offensive point guards in the NBA who plays no defense, and they're wondering, oh, what the hell happened? What happened to our defense? They're trying to play the same way. That's what Adrian Griffin did, but they're not in any way equipped to play the same way they did a year ago, and it's showing. So, like, Doc Rivers... As much as I respect how many years he's been coaching, can he really improve this thing that much? 
you're not going to be a top five defense with Damian Lillard as your point guard. Just not going to happen. Yeah. Doc has, I got to give my dad credit for this. He just sent this in. Doc is like Calipari in the NBA. Like he has had right. so much talent. And he's got one championship yep. to show for. Yep. That's pretty damn good. Pretty shout out, Dad, for that one. But uh, Doc has, it's been odd because in the situations in which he has not been able to get those extremely talented teams over the hump, he's always kind of had a fall guy around him. Like with the Clippers, it was, oh, they, they all hated Chris Paul and the team chemistry. <laughs> it's not my fault. It wasn't my right. fault. With the Rockets. They missed 27 straight threes. I'm not shooting the ball out there. Chris Paul's hamstring exploded. That's not my fault. It wasn't me. It's not Doc's fault. It's just everywhere you go, even with the 76ers, he had Ben Simmons. How can you win with Ben Simmons? You can't win with him. It's not Doc's fault. That's why Doc's going to – listen, Doc is a good NBA coach. He's a really good NBA coach. He just has a resume of underachieving, and at some point – you have to look at all of those situations and say, what is what is the same thing in all of these well, things? It, and it's it, Doc Rivers. What? At some point, it's got to be him. He's got to be the problem. If, if all of them have something similar, it's Doc Rivers. What's and, so strange about him, though, Connor, is when he has the talent, he underachieves. When he doesn't have the talent, like when he was with the, the Orlando Magic. When he doesn't have the talent, he overachieves. It's because he's a really good coach. He's a good coach, he's a but, like, good coach. but I think we mistake him for a great Hall of Fame, unbelievable coach at times. Yeah. I think that, I agree well, with I that. Think, I think that type of persona, how we think of him, has sort of faded away. The, with, like, with the Clippers experience, with the 76ers experience, you just keep moving down the line. But at the same time, I think for all these years, we've we've – made a good coach into something he is not, which is he's not a great NBA head coach. Doc is really good at defense, so that's why they brought him in. He's going to certainly help their defense. They're going to keep winning. I mean, they're 30 and 13. It, I, I don't expect them to get any worse. The thing with him is that he can keep stars happy. He's the guy that you can bring in and you say, Doc Rivers, former player, NBA champion. He has all of this experience. He's the type of guy that might be able to push us over the hill. What the Bucks are failing to do is they need to look at their roster and say Chris Middleton has one leg. He's he, you know, he's playing better this season, but it's one leg. It's going to get hurt again at some point. It has every single year for the last three years. At some point, his leg's going to get hurt again. Damian Lillard just doesn't play defense anymore. He said, I'm good. I'm not going to play that. Hey, what do you mean? And, and by the way, anymore, I don't know if we can even say just, anymore. He never about, really like, did. He's not even giving minimal effort on the defensive <laughs> right. end anymore. Until those things change and they go get some depth, they're still going to be in that bottom tier below the Celtics and the 76ers. So this move, I think, probably makes them better. Adrian Griffin, his schemes weren't great. We can all agree on that. He was still 30 and 13. So, like you can, We can all right. talk about, well, it wasn't working, it wasn't working. Something was kind of working. It was probably having two Hall of Fame players. Right. That certainly helps. But that's why Doc's going to make this team look better. But it's good. I'm looking forward to the moment in the playoffs when he throws Dame under the bus for defense. It's yeah, coming. It's hilarious. We all know it's coming. Yes. It's, it's at the end of this road. Is there's going to be a press conference when Doc walks in that room and throws somebody after they under gave the up defense, 125 points and, and lost. And it's gonna be Dame, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. Now, do we need to have a conversation about Giannis and what he means to coaches and the secret Giannis? LeBron of the NBA? He's kind of a secret LeBron, isn't he? He just makes it less obvious, I yeah. guess. Even though this was pretty damn obvious. And, like, by all accounts, going into the – what makes this so 
mind-blowing the way this happened is Giannis was the guy who signed off originally on Adrian Griffin, and then they go 30-13, and 13 and he no longer signs off on him. And he, he, Adrian Griffin has completely lost the locker room, shouting matches with Terry Stotts and the whole thing, and he probably pissed off Damian Lillard with that. But also what blows my mind about this is Doc, the entire time, if you've been following Adrian Griffin's hiring, he was an informal consultant that was brought in by the Bucks, and then they immediately turned to him even when Adrian Griffin was having what we sort of would look at as success. Second in the East, 30 and 13. Like, this just, this is wild to me. And here's the stat. I heard this from J.J. Reddick on his podcast. And I, I went and checked, and it is factually correct, as J.J. Reddick usually is. But Adrian Griffin had the third best winning percentage of any coach that has gotten fired midseason, just after 43 games, 30 and 13. The other two teams that are ahead of Adrian Griffin as far as winning percentage and coaches getting fired midseason, the Lakers in 1980 and the Cavs in 2016. Know what those two teams have in common, Connor? They both won an NBA championship. So the historical precedence of something like this happening tells you you can get a coach, maybe they rally around him, you make some uh, improvements along the way, and you can go win an NBA championship, which is what this team wants to do. They're in a win-now situation. I just don't think this ends the same. That, that's where I'm at. I just don't think this ends the same. Yeah. You still have to get through the Celtics, who I think are the best team in the NBA. Uh, the 76ers are playing a whole lot better now that that whole James Harden drama is behind them. Tyrese Maxey's playing really well. Joel Embiid, we'll see what he does in the playoffs, but he's been phenomenal. He's the MVP leader, in my opinion. You still have to get through those teams, and I have questions about them being able to do that. That's why I have no doubt in my mind that Doc Rivers is a better coach than Griffin. Like, I don't disagree with the decision to bring Doc in. I think Doc is a really, really good NBA coach. I just don't expect their team to have some magical change from 30 and 13 in their defense That's because I- he's coming in. It's going to be the, it's the same team. The defensive schemes are absolutely going to be better, no doubt about it. But is it going to be better than 30 and 13? I, the only thing I'll say, Connor, is I don't necessarily disagree with the thought process behind bringing a championship coach, behind bringing in Doc Rivers. But I do disagree with the way this all played out. Yes, for sure. Like, yeah. Doc Rivers was out there for the taking this offseason. And you brought him in as a consultant for Adrian Griffin. Why didn't you just hire it's him like as the Littlefinger coach? Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. Yeah, but you literally brought him in as the backup plan, clearly. Yeah. If we're, if we're, like, why didn't you just bring him there's, in as the first one? There's player? also a thought, if he was consulting. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. It's like, is it going to be that much different? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> if he but was, like, if he, if he was who Griffin was going to, to be like, hey, can you help me out? Was, was he sabotaging or was he, or was his schemes not working? <laughs> but like you give Adrian Griffin, who's probably for the last five years, six years, been involved in every, you know, when, when we get to the offseason, NBA head coaching openings, he gets interviewed for just about every job. Yeah. Like, he's been there. And you finally give him his opportunity just to take it away from him for having the third best winning percentage of fired coaches in the middle of the season. Like, I just, I, I disagree with how it was done. I'm not disagreeing with what they're doing, but I disagree with their, their way to get there. I thought it was botched. And I think it, it, it's just more drama than you needed to deal with. Yeah. At this particular moment. But we'll see what he can do. I, I Again, he, uh, Adrian Griffin getting fired. Third best winning percentage of any coach that has gotten fired midseason alongside the Lakers in 1980, Cavs in 2016. They both won a championship 
that season. But I am of the opinion, I do not think this ends the same. This is just not a similar situation. To me. I don't think that they have the roster. I don't think they, they don't have enough depth. Close. And we'll see what that They're real close. And here's the other thing when you're talking about, like, trade deadline and acquisitions and adding defense, they don't really have the pieces to go add anything else. Well, yeah, because Brooklyn doesn't want to trade anybody. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That's a that's a great that's a great transition point. We watched the Battle of New York and the Battle of LA last night, but the Battle of New York definitely highlighted something for me, um, and it really has to do with the uh, Brooklyn Nets and the way their team is built. So I want to discuss that when we return as we head in to the trade deadline on February eighth, right here on the Gabe Coon Show, ninety two nine FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, as I was doing my uh, nightly sports watching last night, Get home. I'm watching the Battle of New York. We know the Battle of L.A. was later, and the Clippers handled business, like I told you they would. But the Battle of New York was interesting. Knicks beat the Nets 108-103. And it's not interesting in the fact that I really enjoyed every second of that game. Although I will say, the amount of Jalen Brunson talk and him being the reason that the Knicks fall short is kind of weird to me. I agree with the historical precedence that a, a small guy is not going to lead you to the promised land. Uh, Steph Curry is an enigma um, and he is uh, completely different, I understand. But Jalen Brunson deserves more credit than he gets. I mean, last night, 30, uh, he had 30 points, 11 for 22 from the field, 2 for 7 from 3. He at least tries on the defensive end, even though he doesn't have it because he's small. But a lot of people are saying that they can't win a championship because of Jalen Brunson. No, that's not the case at all. It's about everything around him, I think, more than anything else. You just need more around him. Because um, Jalen Brunson is phenomenal, and he was good in the playoffs last year. And Candace Parker really stepped in it last night, didn't she? She said, oh, last year as they got into the second round, you saw they fell short because of Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson averaged 31 points per game on 54% shooting in that, in that series against Heat. So please spare me all of the Jalen Brunson is the reason the Knicks can't get through. But that's not really why I'm here. That's neither here nor there. My problem's with the Nets. And I want to start by saying <laughs> I watch a lot of NBA basketball. And I usually see a rhyme or reason as to why a team looks the way they do. What, what's the plan? I usually see, like, even if with a bad team, even bad teams, I see, like, okay, I get why this looks this way. Grizzlies are a bad team this year. They have injuries. Understandable. Pistons, and not necessarily the best put-together team, but they're young and they try to rebuild that hasn't worked. The Bulls swung and missed completely because Lonzo Ball can't get on the floor. Um, the Hornets, their rebuild didn't work. Like, I understand, for the most part, when I watch teams, what the point of it is. Now, the Brooklyn Nets, I don't get it. I have no understanding of what they're doing. It makes no sense. They made the trade, gave up KD, got a lot in return. The McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, they just keep going down the list. But... The Brooklyn Nets, at this point, when you look at their roster, Connor, they're just a collection of NBA trade deadline rumors. That's what they are. And the Nets' front office isn't trading them. And you'll ask me, like, why am I bringing this up right now? The trade deadline's coming up. 
They are a collection of trade deadline rumors. Like, just go down the roster. Macal Bridges, Grizzlies tried to go get him. DFS, same thing. Cam Johnson, another guy that gets dangled in all these trade talks. Nick Claxton, for God's sakes, they're one big. He gets dangled all the time. Spencer Dinwiddie, he was a piece in a, in, in a trade move. He was a trade deadline type move. Okay, like this, you keep going. Out. Royce O'Neal, there you go. Cam Thomas has really helped himself. He may be a trade deadline asset. Lonnie Walker the fourth, same thing. Dennis Smith Jr. is even at the bottom of that as their secondary ball handler. He's a guy who's been dangled at, at, throughout times in his career. But that's what they are. And my real question just becomes, how long are the Nets going to keep up this charade? Because they, like, they're not good enough to scare anyone, but they're not bad enough to bottom out. They're right now right outside looking in. They're in the 11 spot in the East. And they're just sitting on their hands using remnants of the Kevin Durant trade. And then you hear sort of reports and discussions coming out from the, the front office, the brass of the Brooklyn Nets, and they say they want to quote-unquote build around Macau Bridges. Explain that to me. What's that look like? I watched Macau Bridges a couple years ago with the Suns as a third option. They couldn't win a championship. Wow. If you're building around him, can you win a championship? No. Who are you convincing to jump at the opportunity to be a Robin to Macau Bridges' Batman? Who can, who can you get to do that? A star player? No. A superstar? No. You need Macau Bridges to be way down that pecking order if you want to win, if you want to have any semblance of winning. And then if you want to build around Macau Bridges, here's what I'll say. Yeah, he's gotten paid. I get that. But if you want to build around him, wouldn't you want him to be happy with where he's at? Last night, I'm listening to that game. It sounds like a Knicks home game, first of all. But then when you got to the presser afterwards, and Macau Bridges had a 36-point game, he was phenomenal. He knows that they're second-rate in their own city. He knows what's going on. He doesn't sound too enthused with the way he's being treated within his own city. Listen to this. After the game, this is what McAlbridge, the guy they want to build around, this is what he had to say about the Brooklyn Nets fan base. And you're reasonably new to this rivalry, but, I mean, when you hear a crowd like that, it's your building, and you have to hear, let's go Knicks, and all of that. Uh, just how would you describe that? Is that frustrating? Is it galling? I, I don't want to put words. How would you describe that? I mean, I feel like any person in here is not fun. You feel like you're at a away game at home. So that's for probably any person sitting in here, any person alive. So, so any person alive would hate to be second rate in their own city, would hate for a home game to sound like an away game. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So, with that, what's the plan? Like, that's my question. What's the plan? Someone enlighten me. Because one side of this is hold on to every trade deadline bait, piece of trade deadline bait you have in the NBA right now, and let a second or third option of Macau Bridges lead the team. Or are you going to do something at the trade deadline and offload all these guys to go into a rebuild with a bunch of first-round assets, draft assets? What are you going to do? I don't get it, Connor. We've talked about this on, on several different occasions, but watching this team last night... Watching what they throw out there night to night, it makes absolutely zero sense, their plan going forward. I'm hoping they offload some of these pieces for assets going forward because there's just no semblance of winning basketball with what they have, their collection of talent on that team. But they have a, good collect- they have a lot of talent, but they have to do something with it. Yeah, they're like the never-ending layover of the NBA. All these guys got shipped to Brooklyn from other deals – And the idea of them building around bridges made a little bit more sense last year when they decided to keep them because you were like, okay, they're going to trade off everybody else and go find either picks or pieces that they can help win now. And then they just sat on their hands and didn't make any deals. They're wanting two first-round picks for DFS, which I'm not sure if they're going to get that. Nick Claxton, it it feels like that they're going to miss an opportunity to move him. They've got to do something because this is not sustainable. And Mikhail Bridges, at some point, he's going to ask out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to happen. He's not going to waste his prime in Brooklyn playing away games every time he's at home. It's just they've got to figure out something. They've got to figure it out now. If you wait too long, you're going to miss your window for rebuild, and you're going to be screwed. They need to get ready. Like, I understand that this year's draft isn't great, but next year's draft is going to be really good. And you have to get ready for that. You can't just stay in this purgatory of the NBA and expect to get any better. It's not going to be good enough. You're, you know, you're not even, the fans in Brooklyn don't even really care about your team. Most of their fans, it's just, they've got to do something. They've got to do something. And it's, it's quite annoying, I think, for the rest of the NBA to look at them because you're like, why do you have give up somebody? They like just have starting the same lineup. guys. They're starting it's lineup. It's the same guy. It's Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a volume shooting point guard, which just is not a winning recipe in the NBA. Nick Claxton, I like as a big, but then they have three guys that do the same thing at different levels. You have DFS, who's a three and D guy, 
who's more on the defensive end, but he can knock down an occasional three ball. You have Cam Johnson, who is somewhat of a 3 and D guy, but he's a little bit better on the offensive. And then you have uh, Mikal Bridges, who is a 3 and D guy, who's really good on the offensive end. You just have like the you, – you brought it up as like a Pokemon yeah, evolution. Yeah, they're like Pokemon – they've got like Pokemon a, evolutions of guys. It's weird. And then they're you, the same player. And then it's Lonnie Walker and Royce O'Neal that do the same thing. It's like at some point, do something with these guys. Make them into value. Because they're not valuable altogether on the same team. I I know that they went for it and tried to put together a super team the last couple of years and they fell flat on their face and they're probably a little hesitant to make more moves. But with the pieces you have, you have to make moves. You can't just sit on your hands with all these guys. I mean, they don't have a single guy on that roster that I think is going to be their long term. <laughs> Not a single guy. Because it's it's I know that they keep talk telling themselves that Mikhail Bridges is the guy that they're, they're gonna build around. He's gonna ask out, y'all. He's used to winning. He was playing for the Phoenix Suns for many years. He went, you know, he had an opportunity to win a ring, and then he got shipped to purgatory. They were fun last year, but the only reason their record looked even almost okay was because they had a huge head start because of KD, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. They wouldn't have made the playoffs or the play in. Without that head start. Right. This team stinks. They stink. It's a bunch of role players that are being asked to be first first guys, second guys, third guys. They're a team full of third and fourth guys that are masquerading as number ones. And, and, that other t- and here's the other thing. is like if you wanted to go make a trade, other teams value these guys enough to give you a lot in the way of assets, whether it's player assets or draft assets. Just do something. Just do something. Yes. Like, if you get offered four first-round picks for somebody, you need to say yes. <laughs> Why? Why would you say no? I don't think there's anybody on that roster who is who is above that. No. Macau Bridges isn't even above that. No. It's just strange to me. And also, final thing, did you see there were furries sitting courtside last night? I did. That should, With Tyra that Banks? Should, that should force a trade to the Grizzlies immediately. <laughs> the NBA the furries. should – they need to look at them and say, detrimental to the league conduct – as a penalty, but, you have to trade Mikael Bridges to the Grizzlies. Does, do, 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 does everyone know what furries are? I, yeah, do you probably. think so? If they watch Entourage, they probably know what fur, <laughs> furries are. I don't even know what that reference means. You don't, you don't even know that? I've, there was, a, there, was there was something about, uh, yeah, there's something about, yeah. There's something it's about very, it was very weird that they were courtside. Well, yeah. Well, you know, hey, everybody has their own thing. Furries have money, like, too. I mean, courtside. I guess. Yeah, so for people that don't know what furries are, I got the definition. You ready for it? Oh, God. Furries are individuals who are especially interested in anthro, anthropomorphic or cartoon animals, and the example they give is Bugs Bunny. They often strongly identify with anthropomorphic animals and create fursonas. Man, those cartoons. <laughs> fursonas. Those cartoons buddy. from the 90s messed us all up. Fursonas. us all up. Identities of themselves as those anthropomorphic animals. That's their fursona. That was something. Tyra Banks was right in between Whatever two makes of them, too. No, cool. That's fine with me. I think people, you know, mistake it for a sexual thing all the time. I'm pretty sure it is. Well, it, it can be. It can, it can be. It can be. It can be. the definition that you just read? No, 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 no. It's not, it's, not, it's not innately sexual. It's not innately sexual. Sure. <laughs> you don't believe me? No. I, I, was, I was doing some research on this last night, okay? It's not innately sexual. Gabe, do a- not post a link today. No <laughs> links posted by Gabe Coon today, for the love of God. You, you don't want me to get into a me. Fred Katz situation? Yes, run them all by oh me. Oh, my gosh. Erase your cookies, Gabe. Erase your cookies. All right, now, before we bring on Jeff Calkins, I want to go to a little bit of uh, 
NFL championship round. I know that's a tough transition, but there was an interesting sort of news note that came out yesterday about the NFL and their their referees and who they're assigning to games. It's a guy by the name of Sean Smith who was put on the AFC championship game, Chiefs versus Ravens. And uh, a lot of people are calling this a uh, Roger Goodell plant because there's some stats that are kind of uh, problematic, I'd say, Connor. So when Sean Smith referees games, the home win rates drop to an average of 40.8% with other refs' home teams win at an average of 59.55.9%. With other refs, home teams cover the spread 50.1%, but with Sean Smith, home cover rates drop to 37%. So he is single-handedly the only NFL ref that when he calls the game, it favors the away team. So people are calling it a fix for the Chiefs already. And then also when you look into it, Patrick Mahomes 9-1-1 against the spread as an underdog in his career, 8-3 and straight up. So maybe that won't matter. But there's a lot of people that are, uh, that are looking directly at uh, Roger Goodell beaming through him in his, uh, in his eyes. I don't know. I don't know about this one. This is kind of strange, though, right? It is strange. Yeah, it's certainly strange, but... How many games has he ref with Patrick Mahomes? Do we have those stats? I don't think we have those stats. We don't have those stats. But that is a substantial drop from 55.9% to 40.8. The home team win percentage drops. And then the cover percentage goes from 50.1 to 37. A little bit weird. I'm under the... Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.